Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. It's 2-2 Coyotes and Senators with five minutes left in the second period. Lawson throws both goals for Arizona. He's up to 17 on the season. Oh, he just scored again. He just got the hat trick. And Kroos has a power play goal, an even strength goal, and a shorthanded goal. He needs the empty netter and the penalty shot goal to get the Lemieux. So Kraus has all three goals for the Coyotes. Josh Norris has both goals for the Senators and one of them on the power play. So there it is, 3-2 Coyotes leading the Senators, now under four minutes left in the second period. By the way, the shots are Ottawa 30, Arizona 9. Yet Arizona leads 3-2. That's the only game in the NHL. I can also tell you, that uh, Toronto Maple Leafs bad boy Austin Matthews has been suspended two games. He cross-checked Buffalo's Rasmus Dahlin during the Heritage Classic yesterday in the Hammer. It's going to cost Matthews over $115,000 in salary. And the Colorado Avalanche making a trade today. They get Josh Manson from the Ducks for prospect Drew Hellison and a second-round pick in 2023. Manson, nine points, 45 games this season. He averages around 20 minutes a game, but uh, not being brought in for the points. He's being brought in because how he can play and uh, be a little bit physical. So there are some uh, NHL news and notes today as we get you ready for the Oilers and the Red Wings tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show for his family Oilers hockey here on 6.30. Chad game is going to start at 7. Miko Koskinen will indeed once again be the goaltender. I was giving you the stats. 9-1-2 and two since January 22nd with a 9-22 save percentage. That is really, really good. Now, the question about Koskinen, if he keeps playing, if he keeps playing, if he gets into the playoffs and he's got to be the guy, can he handle the workload? He was asked about that today. I think that's something more you guys pretty much made up in your heads. <laughs> And uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna buy that. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna do my thing and uh, go one day at the one one day at the time. And uh, I'm not worried about that. All right. Well, he's going one day at a time. Everything he said today indicated that, and things he said in the past, and uh, said he doesn't care about stats. Just worries about the standings. You got to get the wins. And he said today, you cannot win the Stanley Cup if you don't get into the playoffs. And that is the Oilers' goal here. Over the next, uh, well, what are we at here? About uh, 55 days or so. Doing the math on the fly, but they, they go until the end of April for regular season. Oilers in a good spot now, thanks to Vegas struggling. Vegas with just, uh, well, they have zero wins, not just zero wins. They have zero wins in their last four games. And the Oilers have caught them in terms of points and have the edge in terms of points percentage because the Oilers have two games in hand. Edmonton 32-23-4. 
Can they stay ahead of Vegas? I think they can. Not going to be easy, but I think they can. Can they catch Los Angeles for second place? Not sure about that. Well, the Oilers do have a couple games in hand and play them twice, but L.A. just won't go away. Somebody wrote in last week because I said something about Jared Bednar being up for coach of the year for Colorado, and somebody said, well, what about Todd McClellan? Absolutely. Uh, Todd McClellan, to me, has to be a candidate. I I mean, I think uh, Bednar, I think Sutter in Calgary, I think McClellan, maybe if I had to pick three guys out of the West, would Boudreaux be a dark horse one for Vancouver? I mean, Vancouver's done a lot better with him at the helm, but they still might miss the playoffs. And uh, in the East, you know, Brunette in Florida, I, I assume Cooper again. Maybe even Keefe with the line. So many teams are having the top end teams in the East are having such good years. Brindamore would be a candidate again, but I think our old buddy Todd McClellan would be right up there. As for the Detroit Red Wings, uh, like I mentioned earlier, they are giving up a ton of goals lately. Let's get a little more from their perspective. Their radio play-by-play voice is Ken Cal. Ken, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Always good to come to Edmonton and Western Canada. Red Wings didn't fare too well against Calgary, but they're hoping to give the Edmonton Oilers quite the battle here coming up. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, obviously back to a normal uh, traveling circuit, I guess, after the no games uh, in Western Canada or in Canada at all for the, for the Wings last year. I mean, do you still get the sense when you come out here? I mean, I know... I, I wouldn't say that they have the uh, visiting uh, support of maybe some of the other Canadian teams, but nonetheless, an, an original six team. It must still be fun traveling with a with a team that has Detroit's history. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, we have fans everywhere we go. Uh, our fans travel pretty well. And obviously, there's still a lot of Red Wing fans in Western Canada. Actually, quite a few were at the, the game against the Calgary Flames the other night. But, uh, yeah, it's always good to come out here. Like you said, it's been almost two and a half years since... Uh, the COVID situation, and it's just good to get back traveling again and and seeing some good hockey out here in Western Canada. All right. Well, and you mentioned that game against Calgary. Um, I, I, you know, not a lot of shots through the first two periods for the Wings, obviously. And I'm just looking back. Uh, man, oh man, Ken, what is going on with the goals against lately for Detroit? <laughs> Well, you know what? It's strange because the Red Wings played a really solid game against the New York Rangers a couple of weeks ago. And then wouldn't you know it, because it was a makeup game, the Red Wings had seven days off. And then after that break, it just seemed like everything fell apart defensively for the Red Wings. And, you know, they, they played the Toronto Maple Leafs in a game where they lost 10 to seven. They played the Florida Panthers after playing pretty good against Tampa Bay, but they played Florida Red Wings never had the puck. And then you look at uh, the game against Minnesota. That was kind of a wild one. It, took a shootout, but the Red Wings just picked up a point in that loss to Minnesota. And then the last game against Calgary, the Red Wings never had the puck for the first two periods. I mean, they were just outplayed by the Calgary Flames. So, you know, the, I thought Thomas Grice was good in the game against Calgary, even though the Red Wings were really outshot in that contest. But again, overall defensively, the Red Wings have to find a way to tighten it up defensively if they want to beat teams like the Oilers and like some of the other teams in the league. Well, I'm just wondering about the, the trajectory of the season because you know, there have been some uh, some parts of the season where the Wings have been a game or two above 500, and in the Western Conference, that might have you ha- might have had you at least within shouting distance of a playoff spot. I, I know the Wings have dropped off a little bit now, but um, you know, it, it just seemed to spread out so quickly in the in the Eastern Conference with kind of the the eight playoff teams separating relatively early in the season. So, what's it been like for Detroit being kind of on the top of that second tier of teams, I guess I'll put it. 
Well, the Red Wings actually started out pretty well, and they were beating some good teams early on. I thought Nedeljkovic and Grice were actually playing pretty solid in goal. The team was playing well defensively in front of the goalkeepers. Obviously, Mo Sider has been terrific back there on the blue line. Uh, Lucas Raymond was good up front. Dylan Larkin's having a really good rebound year after a tough year last year. So things were looking pretty good. They were surprising some teams. The Red Wings were really solid at home. On the road was a little bit of a different story. But again, as you described, over the last several weeks, the Red Wings are having a hard time, uh, you know, not only playing well defensively, but their special teams have been hurting them too. They're not scoring many power play goals. Their penalty kill isn't very, um, very good right now. And and it just seems like there's a whole lot of things going on. Rod, Robbie Fabry is out for the rest of the season because he blew out his knee in the Minnesota game. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi can't play because he's not vaccinated. So things are kind of unwinding slowly for the Detroit Red Wings with 23 games remaining on their schedule. I'm glad you mentioned Mort Sider, though, because uh, I remember the, the draft and uh, taking sixth overall, and I think that was a bit of an eyebrow raiser at the time. Not that he went in the first round, but maybe that he went that high. But, uh, man, oh, man, the wings are looking like geniuses for taking him where they took him. He is undoubtedly one of the most valuable players on this Red Wing team. And, I, I, and Lucas Raymond is terrific too as a forward but if you look at the ice time and what most cider means to this team he's their best defenseman i mean he's, he's 20 years old and he he's playing like a, a seasoned veteran back there on the blue line i mean he's physical he's he can skate for a big man he's smart he knows when to pinch he's a pretty good leader out there on the ice and, and in my opinion i believe he should get the calder trophy for rookie of the year now i know michael bunting is in toronto and he's leading the rookies and lucas raymond was leading the rookies in scoring uh, for for much of the season but i'm telling you this guy uh, is unbelievable like the defense position as you know is is really tough it takes a long time to learn that position but most cider at 20 years old hasn't missed a beat i mean he has been terrific so in my opinion i think he should be the rookie of the year but there's a lot of good talent out there in the nhl as far as the rookies too Ken Cal joining us on Inside Sports, play-by-play -play voice for the Detroit Red Wings, taking on the Oilers tomorrow night at Rogers Place. Steve Eiserman, uh, coming up on basically three years as the general manager there, the, the historic career there as a player. Tell me a little bit about the, the approach Eiserman has had the last few years, um, you know, and maybe to the reaction of, uh, you know, how the fan base is dealing sort of with, with his tenure. I don't know, is it, like, is it fair to call it a rebuild, or how would you sum it up so far? I would say it's a rebuild, yeah, for sure. And uh, when Steve first got here, there were some long-term contracts that, you know, that kind of handcuffed uh, him as as far as, you know, trying to get talent here in Detroit. And, you know, some of those contracts now, most of them are gone. And so now there's money to spend, uh, you know, but he, he knows that it's going to take some time. And he said from day one, there's going to, you're going to feel a lot of pain here in Detroit and it's not going to, happen overnight as far as turning this team back into a playoff contender or even a Stanley Cup championship team. And the Red Wing fans are finally seeing the fruits of the drafting labors coming to fruition here, especially with players like Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. Nobody knew that those guys could make the team coming out of training camp. And yet you look at every situation where the game's on the line, those are the two players that are on the ice along with Bertuzzi and Fabry and when, and, or, and uh, Dylan Larkin. And 
And, you know, when, when games are on the line, you look at who are the coaches putting out there on the ice, and those two rookies are in all situations. So I can't say enough about uh, the, the two rookies on this Red Wing team that have been really terrific. They've been lights out. But with that said, the fans have been patient in Detroit. And as long as they keep progressing, which I think they will, uh, sooner or later, this team will turn back into a championship-caliber team. Do you have any read on their on the trade deadline like are there any contracts or or players you think they'd be looking to unload and i mean everything i'm hearing is that it's it seems relatively quiet to this point a week away what do you think might happen with the wings well the red wings have some veteran players that that probably could be moved at the trade deadline i think the red wings will really make a big splash in the offseason. I think that's when they'll try to retool this team. But with that said, there's everyone it always looks for obviously goaltenders and defensemen at the trade deadline. You, you can never have enough defensemen. So I look at a guy like Nick Letty, who's been around the league for, for a long period of time. Maybe there's a team out there that would like another veteran defenseman. He could be available. Mark Stahl, who just played in his 1,000th career game. He's been really good here in Detroit. He loves playing here. But he's one of those guys that I think could help another team if they're looking to solidify their blue line core. You know, Thomas Grice, everyone's looking for a goaltender too. He could be available. So I think some of those veteran players that that I mentioned could be available at the trade deadline, but I don't see the Red Wings making a big splash. I really look at them in the offseason to do most of their work as far as rebuilding the team and adding new players. Okay. Well, Ken, I appreciate this update on the Wings. Uh, definitely there will be some Detroit fans there tomorrow, so I think there'll be a good vibe in the in the building, and hopefully we get some chants going, uh, going back and forth. And uh, as for you, uh, the the one thing though, I, I don't do the play by play, but I know the play by play guys say, "Hey, Rogers Place is a nice building, but we're a long way from the ice." So I hope your eyesight or your binoculars are fired up. <laughs> you know it's always good to come here to Edmonton, and uh, I go back a long ways. And uh, I can remember as a kid, Edmonton used to be, you know, one of the pipelines for bringing in talent to the Detroit Red Wings back in the years when Howe was playing and Del Vecchio and Normie Allman. I remember Bruce McGregor playing for Edmonton. So. It's always special for me to come to a town like Edmonton and just uh, think of all the history that between these two clubs over the years that, the, you know, they're, they're kind of compatible in a lot of ways. So it's always fun to come to Edmonton. Yeah, right on. That is Ken Cal checking in tonight. Radio play-by-play voice of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, good perspective on what's going on with the Wings. And like I said, they have been giving up a lot of goals and he kind of enlightened us on why that has been happening. As I've said, I, I don't like using the term it's a game the Oilers like should win or have to win or must win. I don't know if we're at that point, but it, it's a game in which the Oilers should be favored. And uh, hopefully if uh, they assert themselves the way they did the last couple of games, they'll they'll give themselves a pretty good opportunity in the in the game. It is 719. Happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. Uh, as you heard me mention, Sergio Castillo, big addition for the Edmonton Elks kicker. He's coming up between 730 and 8. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. I got to bring our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy, in here because he is the wrestling guy at 630 Chet. And I understand some sad news from the wrestling world today. Kellen, what happened? First of all, Reed, I have to do this because the man would have wanted me to do this. Hey, yo. 
Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Scott Hall unfortunately passed away earlier in the day today. Uh, of course, Scott Hall played Razor Ramon in the early 90s in WWF, was a four-time WWF Intercontinental Champion and uh, a very iconic superstar. Uh, of course, went in 1996 over to WCW to form the NWO with uh, Kevin Nash, Kevin Diesel Nash, and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, and yeah, just a very influential figure in the world of professional wrestling and he passed away earlier today so thoughts prayers and condolences to the family of scott hall you know first of all i want to remind people kellen kennedy did not know i was going to bring him in there and he did not look that stuff up if it's wrestling he knows it off the top of his head i'm always impressed with what you know so was he a good guy was he a heel or was he in both. that era where you didn't matter both when he debuted in the wwf i think in like late 92 he was a heel and he was like the the ultimate bad guy heel well his his nickname was the bad guy so of course there you go uh but uh, later on in 1993 he turned uh babyface or good guy and was basically you know a good guy until he left wwf uh going into wcw when they were ultimate villains because the nwo was the you know the faction trying to take over WCW in 1996? So, and what was he? Did he have sort of a signature move or a shtick? The really Razor's Edge, people? yes. The, the uh, okay, uh, of kind of the Razor's the, Edge. What, what is known known as a crucifix power bomb? But he okay. called it. Well, the I don't know what that is. But I, do, <laughs> I do appreciate you sharing uh, the news. If anybody wants to go uh, check out one of his matches, I would suggest the WrestleMania 10 ladder match with the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. That is his uh, Vincent Van Gogh type piece. So did he there. win, or did the Heartbreak yes, Kid? Yes, he win? did. He did. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, there you go. Thanks for filling us in, Kellen. We got the news and weather. Sergio Castillo coming up from the Edmonton Elks, Great Cup champ. Coming to Edmonton, pretty big signing there by Chris Jones and company. And uh, first time for you as well, 780-496-0063. Thanks for checking out the show. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.